Hello and welcome to the Sacred Space Storytelling Podcast, a place where we will dive deep into epic discussions on birth, motherhood, womanhood, rites of passage, and so much more. We are your hosts, Lucy, a mama of four, a birth keeper, a women's worker, and a past midwife who has left the system in the pursuit of truly being with woman. And Christy, a mama of three, birth and pregnancy advocate, community service worker with a strong interest in the shamanic dimensions of the journey from girlhood into womanhood and beyond. Come with us now as we unravel today's conversation. Hello and welcome to the Sacred Space Storytelling Podcast, episode six. You are here with Lucy and Christy. And in today's episode, we have the beautiful Sarah. Uh, Sarah is, um, well, she was a registered nurse midwife and she um, qualified in 2014. She worked in a tertiary hospital from then on. When she was on maternity leave after her second babe, she decided to become a hypnobirthing Australia practitioner and teach parents to be. While she was teaching and along her own personal and spiritual growth path, she became less and less attached to the mainstream midwifery and medical maternity system. She decided to not return back to work And then during her pregnancy of her third baby, she decided to deregister from midwifery and wholeheartedly commit to supporting women more authentically. So today, Sarah is here with us to tell us her story of becoming a midwife, working in the system, then deciding to walk away from the system and how she free birthed her third baby. Hi. Welcome. <laughs> Thank welcome, you. Welcome. Thank you so much for having me. <laughs> Very excited. I love telling my story. So, oh, yeah. yes, we just need more of these stories out there to deconstruct the narrative and shake it all up. I think we need some Definitely. change. I think the, the change is here and it's growing. So I'm all for it. Amazing. Yeah. Would so, you like to, I, yeah. oh, sorry. No, no I was, I was going to say, I love that it's not too, that it's just becoming so much more broader and diverse. Like it's not just the hippie earth mamas that are like, you know, come on, free birth, you know, our bodies. It's like, there's yeah. just such a big diverse, like it's every woman, with, like it's every woman yeah. now. And it's so refreshing. Cause it's like birth is for all of like, it's we're taking back birth. Like, yeah. And I don't women. think we're, I feel like a lot of people want to change the system, whereas that's like no. an old idea. We're not going to change the system. We're not going to rebuild it. The system's here and we're just going to build a new thing over here. Yes. You know? so, we're going to yeah, tear that's... it down, burn it to the ground. We're <laughs> yeah. done with it. Or just let them do their thing and we'll yeah. create our own world. Yeah, I think that's totally. definitely what's happening. Yeah. 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 So do you want to start off right at the beginning of your midwifery story? How did you first get called into the career path of midwifery? What did that look like for you? Um, I think it really started when I was like 10, um, when my youngest brother was born. Um, And during 
like when my mum was pregnant and when she had my brother, I just, I loved everything about it. I loved babies. I wanted to look, look after him. I did everything for him. I was like his second mum, basically. Um, and so I was always very, I guess, academic. Um, I call myself like a bit of a nerd in school. I really was. I loved learning. Um, and I was very interested in like science and biology and stuff like that. So I guess that with really loving babies and things like that, my mum kind of suggested to me when I was thinking about, all right, what subjects am I going to do? What do I want to do in uni? Rah, 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 rah. Um, she suggested like nursing or midwifery. And at that point, obviously, I was just a child. I had no idea what midwifery was. And she explained it to me like, you know, women looking after pregnant women and babies and things like that. So I was like, great, I'll just do that. Mm. So that's when I kind of just was like, yep, that's what I'm going to do. Didn't really know much about it other than that, but that's what I committed to. Um, and then I guess once I started that degree after high school, I just, I fell in love straight away. Like the minute I started in the first class or my first, you know, um, that one day that you do following around a midwife yeah. um, at the hospital, I just like, I knew that is exactly what I wanted to do. Um, so that's kind of where it started. And then I guess that passion just grew through, again, the learning of physiology and biology and how the body works. And um, it was just like, I just, I loved it so much. And my favorite subjects would be physiology and biology stuff, just learning how the body works and like everything just made sense. Like this happens because this happens and this happens because this happens. Like why we get a temperature, you know? Um, I could sit there and learn about that like all day, every day, loved it. Um, and then when it came to um, like pregnancy and learning about that, it was like mind blowing about what mm. our body could actually do. Um, so How old just, were you? I was um, fresh out of high school. So again, like, you know, you were saying you'd done your nursing degree when you were older. Um, and you kind of had that mature kind of, you know, awareness brain and awareness. Yeah, yeah, I yeah. came in fresh out of high school, like well, that's what I'm thinking. like a thing of clay and yes. uni and hospital just molded me the way, you know, they mold people. So I had like, there was all that conditioning I didn't know how to think for myself. Like that's what I was taught. And then but it's also so exciting. Like you, you're going in there like a fresh, because I can relate in ways where you think about when you're that age and you're like, because really it is your purpose. Like it was your purpose. It was just the start of it. Yeah. So it was like, you're going in and like, it's like adult world and you're feeling like, you know, you've got a place in the world and you belong and it's like your career and you're helping and like, I get yeah. it. And yeah. it's like, of course you're a sponge and you feel good and like, yeah, yeah you're very impressionable as well. 100% definitely. Yeah. Um, yeah. And then when I started on my placements, I literally, I just fell in love with midwifery. Like the, I was, I guess, one of the most passionate people like I would see. I just like come home. That's all I would talk about. I just, I would like, I'd honestly want to do it every single day. I just, I loved it so much. Um, 
and yeah, just going through, you know, uni and all my placements and stuff like that. I just couldn't wait to be qualified and like start working. And like you said, you find your place in the world. Like yeah. a lot of kids are not confident in what they want to do. And I felt yeah. so lucky that I'm just like, this is for me. Like, this is me. This is my life path. I am a midwife. That's what I want to do. Yeah. Um, yeah. So I felt so lucky that, um, yeah, I just knew my purpose. Um, mm, I yeah. can relate to yeah. that too. Yeah, I loved yeah. it. Loved birth, loved pregnancy, loved learning about how all of that worked and how the mum and baby work together, all that stuff. Um, yeah, then once I became qualified, um, you know, you have to put in your where you want to work and stuff like that. Um, and I done all my placements or most of them at the women's um and so I'm just like I want to work there that's the best hospital to be at you know it the creme de la creme of Mm. you know midwifery grads you know and I'm like that's where I'm working um and And did you have a positive did you have a positive like student experience on placements and um yes and no I think it was even being a grad and even as a, a midwife working, it's, I think the older midwives can be really intimidating. Mm. Um, and I guess there is kind of this, you know, bit of status and like clickiness in the hospital as well, which I did not like at all. Um, yeah, so it was a little bit intimidating, but, you know. Stuck I in like, their ways. Yeah. I guess like that and, yeah, I don't know if the support was the best that it could be. I think students, yep. yes, they get great support because the um, the teachers that are with the students and stuff yeah. like that, fantastic support. But once you're like a grad and then after a grad, yeah. it kind of, you're just yeah. like, see you later. You should know what you're it's doing. It's a bit dog eat dog in there when you're like that. Yeah, so up until like, this point, you felt really supported and like you were like, this is the place for me that I'm going to work and... Yeah, I just wanted a feeling on track. Yeah, I just wanted to learn and be good at my job um, and just do as much as I possibly could. Um, Yeah, so I I loved it, I guess, until I I also fell pregnant with my daughter during my grad year. Um, So that kind of opened up that world of not being the midwife but being more the woman Mm. um and a lot of things kind of took me by surprise I guess but more so in my labor um Mm. I honestly in my pregnancy with my daughter I did not enjoy my pregnancy I didn't look after myself I was still working like 0.8 um up until I was 36 weeks and I really just ran myself into the ground um, but I just kept going and yeah. like I, I, at, I think it was like 36 or 37 weeks. I was begging the obstetrician in my appointment for an induction. Mm. Um, and now I look back and I'm just like, oh my God, like, I can't believe that I did that. But I'm just like, I didn't see, like, I didn't see anything wrong with that. I'm just like, I just want, I just well, don't want to be pregnant norm. anymore. I just want to have my baby you were, out. Yeah. You yeah. were surrounded by that. That was normal. That was something that you could access. 
Yeah. And I also, I remember thinking, um, like during my grad year, I probably saw a handful of normal vaginal births. Um, I don't think maybe any of them didn't have any intervention. And so I was going into my labor and birth thinking like, how am I not going to have an epidural? Like, how how am I ever going to achieve this? I'm going to be like the one in a million that has like a, a beautiful birth. Um, so there was still that kind of fear, even though I was a midwife, I was birthing in the hospital I was working at, loving women, loving birth, um, and like preaching like natural, 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 or thinking that I am, I guess. Um, but then really, you know, fearful of like, how am I ever going to have this beautiful natural birth that I want? Like, I didn't think it was possible because I never saw it, especially not for first time mums. No way. Every, yeah. every, every first time mum had an epidural um, or had like forceps or vacuum. So there was just no confidence in me. And I guess I didn't have any confidence or very, there was only a tiny bit of confidence when I was caring for first-time mums because I just knew how it was going to end up. Mm. Um, so that was maybe one of the first mistakes I made as a midwife. Um, yeah, not having that confidence, like women coming in, not wanting an epidural, not wanting pain relief. And I'm like, yes, like I hope you get it. But in my head, I'm just like, that's not going to yeah, happen. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, yeah, that's a conditioning yeah. in itself too, like thinking that way yeah um anyways I ended up um having an epidural uh my I after I had my daughter I used to explain the birth as one of the most beautiful births I'd ever seen as a midwife um it was full of intervention like I don't the birth itself was was really nice maybe because I didn't have an obstetrician um, helping me. It was my MGP midwife and I had her naturally. Um, but like I had my waters broken. I was hooked up to the CTG. I couldn't move a meter away from the CTG because it was wired. Um, I had an epidural. I had since, you know, um, it was directed pushing so I had everything of that, but because I pushed her out myself, that's what kind of made me feel like, oh, it was such a beautiful birth. Like, and I look back now and I'm just like, oh my God. I can relate um, to that so much. Yeah. So for me, a woman just having a vaginal birth without forceps or vacuum was a win, you know? Mm. Um, but yeah, the in hospital, it's always, you know, about the baby and about the physical kind of side of labor and the spiritual and personal and like that side of pregnancy and birth had no idea about, no idea. Um, and then once I fell pregnant with my son, um, the minute I knew that I was pregnant, I'm like, I'm having a home birth. And the reason I did that is because I felt kind of cheated by myself that I had an epidural with my first because looking back, I guess if I had the proper support and encouragement, like there's no way I would have needed an epidural. I was eight centimetres. What, what, what was your like um, perception on home birth when you were studying and 
was that did that ever come up in your study or in your field or anything like what what was your like thoughts around home birth I had no idea about free birth but I did know that um yeah there was home birth I didn't really think anything of it because again I'm working in the hospital and it's just you go to hospital to have your baby I never had anyone kind of talk about that side of you know the birth world yeah 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 um but yeah I probably thought of home birth like why would you birth in a like at home like you know everything that can go wrong like yeah, yeah that's what I was I'm thinking. like women can't have a natural birth in the hospital like what makes you think you can have one at home whereas mm-hmm. like of course well, I can have natural at home you know yeah um so what was what was your like what changed that thinking for you to then seek that out for your son um, I wanted to feel the full sensation of labor and pushing my baby out. I wanted mm. to know how that felt. Um, and I knew that the only place that I could do that and 100% not have an epidural or pain relief or have that intervention was at home. So mm. I just kind of, yeah, there was a lot of fear, but I kind of just knew that if I committed to a home birth, then I would get what I wanted. So I just kind of jumped in the deep end and committed straight away and kind of told everyone. I'm like, if I tell everyone now that I'm having a home birth and I can't go back on my word because my ego is like mm. massive, like there's no way I can not do that if I've told everyone. Um, yeah. So yeah, I kind of just pushed myself into having a home birth. Um, and I went through Sunshine's home birth program um and I knew like there was still you know um what's it called they have their own rules and stuff like that and I knew that and I said well if they if I can't have a home birth through sunshine and they kick me out of that program for whatever reason then I'm going to hire a private midwife um again had no so is idea. that connected with the hospital that home birth program yeah yeah, yeah. So they have a like yeah publicly funded yeah midwives from the hospital um you know are trained in home birth and they have their own home birth kind of group of midwives and they still have their whole policy and you know all these boxes to tick before Mm. you're allowed and all this you know this list of things that will get you kicked out of the program you have to be insanely low risk don't you You it's like like textbook pregnancy and labor is what you need like absolute textbook yeah yeah it's pretty is it similar to like a home birth midwife like is it like a private home birth midwife is it still the same it's a hospital midwife like you're employed by the hospital but you do the home birth program and then it's like essentially free. Did you, you didn't have to pay anything because it was no, fully covered. Yeah, 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 fully covered. Um, yeah. And I guess it is a little bit different. you have to jump through all those hoops. Yeah. Like, I guess you have to jump through hoops with a private midwife as well. Totally. But yeah. um, within the hospital, it's just a little bit more. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and the midwife that I had, I loved her. She was such a great midwife. Like my first appointment with her, she was like, I didn't have to say anything because she just knew what I wanted. She's like, I'm assuming, you know, no induction, you know, you're going to go to 42 weeks or beyond. Um, you don't want the GBS swab. You don't want to do this. Don't want to do that. And I'm just like, oh, my God. Yes, 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 yes. yes. <laughs> <laughs> um, 
yeah, so that was really nice. Um, and then I ended up having gestational diabetes in, I like putting quotation marks mm. over gestational yeah. diabetes because yeah. I don't think um, maybe 20% of the women that are diagnosed even have it. Um, mm. I genuinely did. Um, I couldn't even eat a banana during my pregnancies. So with wow. yeah, Raf and Louis, I actually genuinely had gestational diabetes. Um, how that? How did that affect your pregnancies? Or with I just I couldn't have a lot of carbs or sugar mm. because um, my body just couldn't process high amounts of carbs, um, and I would feel that when I ate yeah. lots of carbs or sugar. So I really just stayed away from stayed away from that. Um, but you know, it did exclude you from the home birth program. Mm. Um, but my midwife kind of really advocated for me. Um, and we went through maybe five obstetricians to get the okay to have the home birth. Um, she was probably a huge, like, like an inspiration for you. She was amazing. She was from Um, I can't remember where she was originally from, either the UK or New Zealand. And they're a lot more, um, especially the home birth midwives in New Zealand or the UK, they're a lot more holistic and kind of um, autonomous in how they work. Mm. So she really advocated for me and she made sure that, um, you know, I got to, I guess, plead my case um, for the home birth. And um, then I ended up having a growth scan as well which showed that RAF was on the 95th centile. Um, So again, I was up against, you know, a big baby and gestational Mm. diabetes. Um, And I remember telling one of the obstetricians, I'm like, even if my baby is four kilos, I will 100% be able to push them out, you know? Um, So I was really confident. My midwife was really confident. And then finally we had um, an appointment with an obstetrician from... She was from, I think, Sweden originally. So she was very pro home birth and um, stuff like that. So she's like, yep, no problem. But if you get over, I think it was 40 or 41 weeks, then we're going to have to revisit this um, conversation. And I'm like, no problem. Um, anyways, and were you and, working still during this whole time when you were pregnant with your second? Yeah, yeah, yeah. And how did that change how you felt going to work being pregnant, like having birthed before, being pregnant again, and now wanting a different outcome. Yeah, it really made me have a look at everything that was happening in the hospital very differently and kind of really dissecting everything a lot more. Um, you know, I would come to work and look at the board in birth center and everyone was like either forceps, vacuum epidural or cesarean and you'd go work on the postnatal ward and half of the ward would be cesareans and I'm just like what is happening why is everyone having a cesarean and I knew that that wasn't right but I didn't quite it hadn't clicked to me about Mm. why that was happening I just knew that it shouldn't be like that like women shouldn't be having cesareans and like first time mum every first time mum shouldn't be having an obstetrician pulling their baby out with forceps and having women crying to me in the postnatal ward about how traumatic their birth was um, Mm. or, you know, having nightmares after their birth, you know. Um, 
And that was all really sad. And it kind of, I think it all just kind of stacked up. Um, And it wasn't, I guess, yeah, like I said, I knew that that shouldn't be happening, but I didn't know the why. Um, That still didn't click to me. Um, Even when I, like I had my home birth with my son, my labor was really quick. Um, I guess I was pretty in tune with my body and stuff like that, but still not where I am right now Mm. um yeah I think it wasn't until on mat leave with my son that um you know I really missed working and being with women um so that's when I decided to make my Instagram um and I'm like oh well if you know I can't teach or I can't go back to work then I can maybe make an Instagram page and kind of get it all out in that way yeah Um, and that was really nice to do. Um, and then I decided, well, maybe I really love teaching. Maybe I'll do a course to do childbirth education. Um, mm. And then I found Hypnobirthing Australia. Um, and I don't think it was really big to me at that point, but I'm like, I really like the idea of hypnobirthing. So I'm like, I'm just going to do the course and then we'll just go from there. And if I like it, I like it. If I don't, you know, oh, well, doesn't, doesn't matter. How long had you been a midwife by that point? Um, five, I had, I qualified in 2014 and then I had RAF in 2019. Okay. So it was a while. Yeah. 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 Yeah, so I was still very much in that hospital midwife mind, I guess you could say, but kind of like there were questions popping up all over mm. the place. Yeah. Um, once I'd done my hypnobirthing course, like they went into so much more of the birth physiology and I had no idea. I had been a midwife for five years and had no idea about how the fucking cervix like opened. Do you know mm. what I mean? And I'm like, how can I even call myself a midwife if I don't even know half of this stuff that's taught in a hypnobirthing course Mm. that's funny you say that because I've got a friend that she's not a she deregistered herself as well but she was like a midwife for 10 years and I when I free birthed her she was just asking me all these questions I'm like that what shouldn't you know that yeah (laughs) she's like I actually fucking have no idea and I'm like whoa (laughs) And then again, that's what I want to tell women is like you hold these midwives up to this really, really (laughs) high standard and you think they're the fucking, you know, the god of, you know, pregnancy and birth and they don't know fucking anything. (laughs) Not all of them. I can't put everyone under this blanket statement, but I'm talking from experience. Like I I knew about oxytocin Mm. um, and I knew that you could get it from the drip. Um, and that was important for labor, but had no idea. I learned so much from doing the Hypnobirthing Australia practitioner course. Mm. I learned so much. And I'm just like, I think that like rage and that fire in my belly yeah. started at <laughs> yeah. that point. Um, and everything in that course, I just like, I fell in love with it. Um, and I still, I love teaching it to this day now. Um yeah, but that really kind of opened my eyes, I guess you could say. Um, and like, I'm like, why is every woman not doing this course? Like not learning 
And it's not just the, like the course is amazing because it includes all of this information in it. Um, I'm like, but why are we not teaching women this? Why are we not having this course or like this kind of knowledge and education for women or even for obstetricians and midwives, Mm. you know? Um, Does it have a more connecting element to it? Like it's a bit more like. It's about the physiology a lot, isn't it? It's based around physiology and how to work with your body. Yeah, like I, it's more so I find that it's building, women are building their trust yeah. and confidence yeah. in themselves and their body mm. and in the process of birth. Um, and lots connecting of women, in more. Yeah, and just, I guess, connecting the dots. Yeah. Like, yes. oh, my body does that on its own or like, oh, yeah. like I have all those hormones that work if I totally. allow my body to do that. Um and yeah, just building that confidence and changing the narrative where birth is not scary, birth is not traumatic, birth is not, mm. you know, um, this horrible experience where you're just suffering in pain until your baby is born. Um, it's more about looking at building that positive association with your body and birth. Um, yeah, and building that positive mindset, I guess. So. Mm. Um, that was the point where the light bulb kind of came on and I, mm. I'm, I'm like questioning why is this not taught to women? Why do we not have this information in hospitals given to midwives? And then it's like, oh, okay, I understand why now because then it doesn't hospitals, serve the system. It, no, it doesn't. It's, it, it's not, you know, yeah, not serving the system. doesn't, we wouldn't need all of that so if, we, if women had all of this information and women were cared for by people who understood birth and stuff like that mm. you know um and so a lot of backwards it, it, it's that's when all of this kind of just came and like hit me like a fucking train i guess <laughs> um and it's i just boggling actually it is it just it doesn't it's make like, sense oh. And I have so many couples, but especially the men, the dads that come and do my class, they're just like, I'm teaching them something. They're like, but so then if, if that's what's important and that's what women and babies need, then why does the hospital do it like that? Or like, why does that happen then? And I'm like, Mm. mate, you're asking the same question I'm asking. Yes. Um, I love men in the birth space because I feel like they have such a different way of Logical information and it can be like because they are a lot more black and white it can be like but that if that's the case then why is that and it's as simple as that whereas I feel like women we can or for one we have that good girl complex and conditioning and we over intellectualize everything to make it okay whereas men would be like wait what (laughs) yeah it's it's so funny you say that because we do this little um exercise in class as well and it's literally about um, men kind of do one thing and most women will do another thing. And it's because mm. of the way like women kind of overthink everything um, because that's just the way we're, we're designed as like mothers and carers of like young mm. people. We have to do that because that's we how to. we keep ourselves and our babies alive, you know? Um, yeah. Whereas men, like you said, they're black and white. So they just, it's, yeah, this and this and very logical and, I love um, men in birth so much. Yeah. Like they yeah. are just so anchoring and it's like we, it just shows you how much like the feminine and masculine need each other yeah. to balance each other yeah. out. Yeah, yeah. 
Um, and I have like the dads preach the course more than the mums and the dads get more from the course, I guess, than the mums as well. So it's really, really nice to see, um, you know, that men are kind of advocating for their partners as well um, and for birth and like mm. preaching home birth and free birth now. My my partner, um, he's, yeah, he makes me laugh because he'll hear a story and he's like, oh, like, <laughs> like people having cesareans or like his friend was, um, his friend's wife was being booked into a cesarean because they were overdue and John's just like, but the baby's just probably not ready yet. So like, why can't you just wait? <laughs> Bless. Yeah. That's so funny. My partner yeah. was like, said not that long ago, he came home. He's like, can you believe that? Um, what to say, Richard? Richard's um, wife got her waters broken. Yeah. <laughs> I was like, oh, my God. Yeah. <laughs> like, it's just yeah. so good that he said that. Yeah. I yeah. feel like so many partners are happy to have birth at home because, like, you look at how they're marginalised in the system, like pushed out mm. of the room. Yeah. And they're, it's a pretty horrible experience for men in the birth space in hospital. Totally. They look like yeah. scared little children and no one's explaining anything to them and they don't have, a, like, it's very disempowering and yeah. or it can be. Yeah. Um, whereas in ho- at home, like, well, well that's it's their castle. Space. It's yeah. his space and everyone's a visitor and it's, it's a really beautiful place for them to feel empowered to step up, level up and support their woman. And, mm. um, yeah, I my, par- my partner loves home birth like he didn't even like I've only had home birth so yeah um but he was just like couldn't believe the stories of his mates having babies and like he's like I couldn't think of anything worse like yeah and I was like yeah they have this um I think when men see their women birth in power they have this whole different appreciation (sighs) yeah for, for their wife or their partner and they kind of like to see what the woman goes through and the strength and power that she mm-hmm. has birthing yep. their baby, it's just yeah. like he then puts her up on this pedestal and he's like bowing. Worship down. me. Yeah. <laughs> and so. you also completely bond. Like you have that intimacy. Totally. It's like the same intimacy as getting the baby out, uh, getting in, sorry, yeah. is getting the baby yeah. out and that um, coming together. And it's so beautiful. Like y- yeah. y- when you see birth unfold, in that way in that undisturbed way it really does affirm like that's how it is meant to be you're building yeah. a family yeah yeah definitely and it requires I, more connection too when you're planning a home birth it requires you to work together more and get on the same page because it's just such it's such a deeper experience and you've yeah. got to be hand in hand with that yeah yeah um, I didn't kind of even understand that. Uh, mm. Even with like my first and second, John could have not even been there. Like he wasn't ha- helping. Um, he, I don't think I needed his support at all, but that's because we didn't work as a team. I didn't, you know, include him in plans during my pregnancy and things like that. So he could have just not been there. But with my pregnancy with Louis um, and I think when you look at birth in a more spiritual way as well um, that really helps too and I guess that my 
my pregnancy with Louis was like for me in my I guess path was like that level up again so I had this like a level up doing my hypnobirthing course and then with my pregnancy with Louis it just went to that next level and Mm. now this is where I am now um Mm. so it was much more spiritual Mm. and kind of that connection uh, in not just in my pregnancy but having that Having more of, I'm sorry, I can't even get like sentences out of what I'm Because it's hard to explain, actually. It's actually hard hard to explain. It's a feeling. I had this deeper connection during my pregnancy, which created a deeper connection with birth and with spirituality and with women and with couples. Like everything just grew so much deeper. Um, And I just love it so much more like my passion is just like expanding (laughs) yeah Um, I get it yeah so tell us about that time where you were reflecting on all of this yeah this new awakening and this spiritual kind of this realm that had been opened up for you and then thinking about midwifery and how that played into this new place you were in and and coming to the decision to walk away yeah um I guess after uh when COVID hit um I did have you know do I go back to work now do do I not um and then I'm like I'm not going back to work if I have to support women in labor and wear a hazmat suit and wear a mask where -hmm. women can't see my face um like if I'm I want to smile at the woman and for her to see my face and for me to see her face. And if I can't do that, then I don't want to support women in that way. And I don't want to have to enforce all of these rules where women can't be supported by their partner. They can't have their mum with them. You know, I just didn't want a bar of it. I'm like, I don't think I could physically do that to women. So I'm not going to go and be a part of that. Um, and then, you know, with vaccinations and stuff like that, I, you know, it wasn't right for me. So that was Mm. also another reason, you know, I'm like, I don't want to work in hospitals because one, I'm not going to follow their rules. Um, I don't think they do birth or support women, um, even remotely how they're meant to, uh, I'm not going to get vaccinated. So I'm like, you know, I can't go back to the hospital and I don't Mm -hmm. want to. But then I'm also, you know, I don't want to be a private midwife because, again, I have to jump through all of these hoops and get all of these hours done. And then also I'm still, I still have to follow rules, um, which prevent me from, you know, supporting women authentically and supporting women the way women want to be supported, not supporting women the way midwives have to. Well, the pitchforks got a little bit more sharpened in COVID time, didn't it? They were like, if you're not going to, it was, that was horrendous. Like we were all yeah. pushed to the, to the wall. A hundred percent. Yeah, definitely. Um, yeah. So I then, yeah, I was like, I'm not going to work as a midwife. I can't work as a midwife. Um, so I'm like, I'm probably not going to use my registration. But in that year, I couldn't let go of it. Um, so I'm just like, I'll just, I'll re-register um, just so I've got it there, but I know I'm not going to use it. Mm. Um, 
I was hundred yeah. percent the same. <laughs> yeah. And then I uh, got reported to APRA um, during COVID for, I guess, speaking out about things that I didn't agree with. Oh, um, how funny is that? I remember putting like, I was going through this like weird moment because I was in uni for nursing, but I was putting my um, Instagram, like I was blocking certain people from my stories that yeah. I was doing uni with or that knew me because I was like, I'm going to get reported. I'm going to get reported. And then I'd be putting up these big rants. I'm like, look, I'm going to get reported anyway at one yeah. point. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah. So that was kind of a bit. What of happened? What did they report you on? Oh, uh, this girl from my high school. Um, oh, of course yeah, it was a so... girl from your high school. <laughs> God damn. Um, I was putting up, like, I was joking about stuff and, like, bagging Dan Andrews and, like, the rules that we had. <laughs> Weren't um, we all? And Weren't talking... we all? <laughs> I, I Bloody Dan. Yeah. Um, <laughs> and, there, and, like, things with the vaccine and stuff like that. So yeah. I was say yeah sharing stories and you know sharing this and like you know your um the COVID passport thing that was she was heightened then that was very heightened people getting offended emotions were high that actually happened it was before the vaccine came out before the vaccine passports where there was this like rumor that it was happening yes the conspiracy Um, theories yeah so I was like (laughs) talking a little bit about that and all of this and so this girl screenshotted my stories for about three months I guess and then waited waited till she had a whole pack of it and then um reported it to APRA um what did APRA say oh APRA was like I don't know like you know you need to send a, a reply to what they've said because I've breached you know social media guidelines and you know um I was potentially being harmful to the public Oh my god! <clears throat> like the, so, it's like the Mr. Smiths from the Matrix. Like they're coming in, like you're not yeah. doing what you're told. Yeah. So <laughs> apparently, like that was on my on my personal Instagram as well. Like I didn't say I was a midwife. Didn't have anything to do with midwifery or anything. But she knew that I was a midwife and a nurse, so she reported me. Um, and yeah, I, when me. I I did in that reply be like I'm sorry I will re read through the social media guidelines again and you know you know be a good girl yeah yeah exactly be a good girl and follow the rules I'm sorry Mm -hmm. um so then that kind of went away um and then I think the second time I got reported to APRA was I reshared a woman's free birth video of a face presentation birth Um, and in the, in the caption, it said, um, she was originally, um, booked into the hospital and it was a V back and her waters had broken and were open for like 17 days or something like that. Um, and she was getting bullied by the hospital for being induced or having a cesarean. Um, she was put on antibiotics and they just kept breaking her balls. So she decided to free birth um, and she birthed her baby face presentation in the water, quick labor. But as babies are born in a face presentation, they come out looking so swollen and bruised. Yeah. Um, and this baby was born in the water as well. So 
you know, and, and a free birth where there's no intervention and babies come out and they're so calm and, you know, they don't really cry. They're still Straight breathing. Away, yeah. We know that they're fine yes. because they're breathing and you can feel their heart rate, but just very calm. And I think that with the bruised and swollen face, this this um, video got so viral on my Instagram. It got like 35 million views or something. Whoa. Oh, my God. Um, it was crazy. Wow. Um, yeah, and an obstetrician saw that and then reported me for that and a few well, other you've been things. reported twice. You're a badass. Yeah. <laughs> um, <laughs> reported for that and then he spoke like, I don't know if it was a he or she obstetrician, but... Um, yeah, I was posting harmful and false information on my Instagram and he, he or she put in an example in the report and it stated that I was telling women that they don't need syntocin on because it increases, it can increase postpartum hemorrhage. Mm. Um, and he said that I was, um, he or she said that I was spreading false information by saying that. So it was a few things. And I'm like, are you fucking kidding me? You're an obstetrician and you don't even know the fucking risks of sin. I was just about to say, isn't you can increase that though, can't you? It is. That's true. Yeah. And so I replied back to that complaint, um, saying that I was share resharing the free birth video to you know, bring awareness to different types of births and birth presentations, baby presentations. Um, And also that I wasn't spreading false information because Sintocinon actually does increase the risk of postpartum hemorrhage. And I said, as, um, you know, the governing board, are you concerned at all that an obstetrician that is looking after so many women and probably inducing 30% of their clients, are you concerned at all that this obstetrician doesn't understand the risks of a drug that he's giving 30% or he or she's giving 30% of their clients? And if Boom. so, are you are you going to I was to about to go boom. About that? <laughs> yeah. Boom. Um, Totally. I, I really, yeah. it really pisses me off how under the magnifying glass midwives are and that we have zero freedom of speech and yeah. we're not like the things that we're speaking about aren't even harmful. It's just storytelling. It's just information sharing. And yeah. then obstetricians, I've witnessed the worst practice, the worst, and they get away scot-free. Yeah. It's it may it's oh like I'm getting so angry listening to this because it's like I the have, hierarchy again. It's it's yeah. just like this witch hunt, modern day witch hunt, and it's just mm. silencing the women once more, disempowering yeah. us. <sighs> yeah. Anyway, I think it means on. that you're doing something right. If you're getting <laughs> totally. reported like that, like you're doing something right. I just when I see yeah. that happening or hear that happening, I'm like, yeah, sister. Yeah. You go, girl. Um, I'm never to one to shy away from. If I know that I'm right and I'm, if I doubt myself, then I won't really kind of yes. speak up. But it's if an energy. I know, yeah, if I know, even with arguments with my partner mm-hmm. and we're arguing <laughs> about something, if I know that I'm right, I'm not going to back down. Yes. Um, so I'm, if I know that what I'm talking about, so on my Instagram, I know what I'm saying is, is right. And I know that mm-hmm. this, the information that I'm sharing needs to be shared 
and needs to be heard. Um, and so I like I'm I will never back down from that because well, I know felt. what I'm doing is right. That's felt. That's felt. So, it, your instant your Instagram even holds an energy, you know. Mm. So when you're when you're speaking your truth and you're grounded in, people can feel that. It's like yeah. a frequency and it's like boom. Yeah. Like she really powerful. knows what she it is. I can see it all the time. Like And it's I, refreshing I, to have someone just be authentic and just use yeah. their voice. Like we just yeah. live in such a fake world right now where everyone's trying to like keep this and everyone's offended. Facade. Oh, yeah. yeah, don't even get me started on. I know. So I everyone, you can't okay. say anything. You can't say anything now. You can't have an opinion because no. God forbid you offend someone or someone gets triggered, then, you know, we all have to be coddled in bloody um, cotton wool. Cotton wool. Um, yeah, so I, yeah, I'm not scared to, to say what I think, especially if I know that it's right and I don't care like if I could get in trouble by APRA anymore, I'm just like, I don't give a shit. I'm like, I don't need you anymore. Um, yes. I've got my own thing going on. You no longer serve me. And this is when I could finally kind of let go of my registration and be like, um, yeah, like there's nothing that I'm getting from having my registration. If anything, I'm getting more like negative. I'm having a negative impact from having a registration. Mm. So then, yeah, I decided, yeah, I don't want it anymore. So I'm like, you can take it. How did that feel when you finally let that go? Very, I don't know, just made me want to like smile. I was happy. Um, Free. It's like a Yeah, free. Yeah. I wasn't like, oh, I really want to hold on to it it felt like that possession of my registration was really important and valuable. But by the time I kind of felt like I was ready, it was like a piece of paper I could just crunch up and throw it. wouldn't even care. Mm. Like, yeah. Yeah. And it's like this weight gets lifted. You're like, you don't own me anymore. <laughs> yeah. 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 So, you, you use them. Well, yeah. I do because. <laughs> Um, everyone that gets hurt by the system then kind of finds the light, I guess. Um, and you, a, you've learnt from that though. You've Your experiences, it's all still education and learning and opportunity to grow and like because you've yeah, seen well, like both. I've of, seen the wrong um, yeah. and you, like I wouldn't know how right this feels in what I'm doing yes, if I didn't have that previously. Yeah. I and yeah. you wouldn't have that same conviction and yeah like passion. to know like I I actually know I was there I done this yeah. I said this I know that it's wrong yeah so mm-hmm. now I can you know talk about yeah. it and put I I've finally and... come to a place where I value my experiences as a midwife you know yeah. these 10 years that I put into the system where I it was grief at the start where I was like I've lost something and it was a waste of time but now I'm like I value that because it makes my mission now that much more powerful and I feel like I can use my voice really loudly (laughs) Um, so go you amazing I'm so in awe and were you pregnant still with your third baby when you threw your piece of paper in the bin (laughs) yeah 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 and how many months before you birthed was that oh I can't even remember it just all blurs into one yeah I'm pretty sure I was pregnant with him yeah okay but it was during sort of that new like every pregnancy is such like an opening and expansion and self-evolution like so 
yeah, it makes sense that that happened when you were pregnant with him. Yeah, definitely. Every pregnancy and birth kind of teaches you something Mm -hmm. and it's like it's given to you when you need it to like bring something out. So like every pregnancy that I had was for a reason. Um, I didn't plan any of my babies. They just kind of happened when the universe, you know, wanted it for me. Um, And yeah, that's the reason I guess I fell pregnant with Louis was to have this, I guess, awakening. Mm. Um, An embodiment of everything that you had learned about and all of the experiences you then got to embody that in birthing him. Yeah, I yeah, I did say um I I wasn't just talking the talk, I was walking the walk as well. So yeah, yeah. That was really nice to do it. And I'm just like, I hope that I have a bridge baby at 43 weeks. Like that's what I want. (laughs) Yes. So do you want to um go, yeah, start us off in the the last, like the weeks leading up into his birth and how his birth began and yeah, uh, um, my pregnancy with Louis was, and I think having um, a wild pregnancy, I did have one ultrasound um, at 20 weeks. So whether you call that a wild pregnancy or not, you know, semi-wild. It's definitely still a wild pregnancy. <laughs> yeah. It's, I just think um, it's an energy again. Yeah. So knowing what I was doing from the start, just the connection that you have with your baby and your body is like 100 fold. And I guess that's kind of a fear of the medical system where they're kind of saying, oh, it's dangerous to do that, but it's not dangerous for the woman. It's dangerous for them. Mm. Um, Makes them a bit obsolete. Yeah, it does. And I, that was the pregnancy that I felt the most connected to my baby, the most in tune with my baby, the most in tune with my body. I had this like greater appreciation for myself, my body, my soul, my, um, yes, spirituality, just everything kind of in me. I just like, I love myself. Um, like literally be to John, like, do you know what I'm doing right now? Like, do you actually (laughs) understand what me, my body, what I like how good I am right now. Don't you I'm know doing. who I am? <laughs> That's what I embody without yes. being very egotistical. No, but- I get it. I've got goosebumps all over me because I get yeah. it. Because, you know, that's why we're in the work we're in right now, all of us right now, because we want everyone to fucking yeah. feel that. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> um. Yeah, so every day during my pregnancy, I'm just like, I'm the best. Like, (laughs) um, just felt like this, you know, superwoman. Um, Mm. And, yeah, even to the point like feeling him move, I would literally just, if I wanted to feel Louis move, I would put my hands on my tummy and think in my head, I want to feel you move, and he would move. And without a doubt, every single time I did that, he would move. Mm. And I'm like, again, why are we not, why do women not know this? You I know, know? Right? Far out. Um, totally. it was like magic and I'm just like, yeah. can't be real. So then I would test it and I'd be like, I want to, like, I'd want to feel me. And he would move and be like, yeah, I'm here, mom. Like, yeah, I'm here. Yeah. Hey. Um, yeah. So just this really big connection with my body, with, with birth. Um, and then with other women, like, I just wanted to kind of share that um 
confidence with women as well. Um, yeah, as pregnancy went on, I just kind of, yeah, kept building on that, I guess. Um, and the spiritual side of me, I guess, grew so much during this experience and it showed me a different way of I don't know connecting with the world and connecting with nature and the Do feminine it's just our innate selves like that is actually just yes. our like our it feels with so, all the conditioning yeah. off and the layers that have come off that is just who we are at our core well 100 and I'm like it's so easy and feels so natural to be this way Mm. Um, and I think so many women fight it off. Um, well, we haven't grown up in a society life. that encourages that. We almost have grown right. up in a society that's like, you know, block that out. Like, really? Yeah. yeah. And it starts off very, very young. Yeah. Um, I'm very into like cycle awareness now. Mm. Um, so that will be like, I guess, my next project. Um, yes. Yeah, because I think that's where it starts for girls it it and women. But it's even, it, it even starts like as cycle. young as like our emotions, like, you yeah, know, yeah, with true. our parents yeah. being like, stop crying. Like, I mean, I still do it with my kids too sometimes, but the yeah. awareness is there. I'm yeah. like, yes. just let them, they're just, it's emotions. They're just wanting to regulate, like sit with them. And the only reason I can't sit with them sometimes is because someone didn't sit with me yeah, and I can't yeah. regulate, you know. So it's even, start. it starts as young, yeah, it starts at yeah. birth. That's, you know what? It, very true. Very true. Yeah. Yeah. Being aware of how we emotionally feel and physically feel. Um, mm-hmm. it, with my daughter, I'm teaching her now, like with her teeth, her teeth were wobbly and falling out. And everyone was like, oh, just pull it out. Just pull it out. Her dad was like, pull it out. I'm like, no. I said, it, I said, does it hurt when you pull it? And she said, yes. I said, so it's not ready to come out yet, Mm. Charlotte. I said, when your tooth is ready to come out, it will come out and it won't hurt and it won't bleed as much. And she's like, Mm. okay. So then she waited and waited and waited and eventually her tooth fell out when it was ready. And she's like, you were right. She's like, there's not a lot of blood. I'm like, did it hurt? She's like, no. She's like, oh, it was just ready to come out. And so now that's so beautiful. (laughs) She does that with her other teeth. She was pulling. She's like, no, it's not, it's not ready yet. Yeah. That being in tune with yourself and your body and how you feel and your physiology and wow. Yeah. So I was like, no, that's a little win. Um, Yeah. So just figuring out how to, yeah, how to you know, do more of that, I guess, for our daughters and even our sons as well. Mm. And um, yeah, anyway, I've gone on a tangent. I'm no, sorry. but motherhood <laughs> is just another journey in itself because it is like motherhood is such a huge opportunity to heal our own inner child. Like birth and pregnancy and birth is just the beginning. Like, yeah, and also man, it's a um, ride. The term um, mother martyr. Like yes, we've been mother. talking about that a lot in our workshop. Um, it's like we're always sacrificing ourselves for the greater good or whatever. So, like, yes. no, like we are suffering. part of that greater good. Like, we need to speak up. We have a we have a power. We have a voice. We have needs. Yes. Um, yeah. We need. We're the center of, like, we're the center of the world, really. Um, mm-hmm. in our family and for our kids, like, we're that person so we shouldn't be sacrificed you know what I mean yeah and then we do do that that in our suffering 
Yeah. Like, and oh, it's- this is so hard, but we don't do anything yeah. to change it. It's like, yeah, that's the, the martyr. Yeah. And in birth as well, like we don't, yeah. I, I know again from experience, like disregard the woman, it's the baby we're focusing on, you know? Yes. Um, yeah, yeah. It's so messed up. Yeah. So I learned, yeah, a lot about that, I guess, during my pregnancy. Um, and then again, the labor and birth, I kind of just like manifested. Um, and the, the few days before my labor was, my labor started, I kind of just had this different feeling. Um, and I used to talk about it in my classes a lot about knowing when labor would start. And I'm like, you might just have a gut feeling. And I never understood Mm. that. I'm like, "Mm, do you really? Um, until I kind of, I just knew that it would be in the next couple of days. Um, and how many weeks were you this time? I was for 40 weeks when I had him 40 plus one, um, with Raph and Charlotte, I had them at 39 and then 38 weeks. So this was a, a little bit longer. Um, mm. But again, I'm just like, he just needs more time in there. I would have yeah. gone to bloody 45 weeks if I had to. I had no yeah. no cares, no issues about when it would happen. But I knew the few days before that it would be in the next few days. Um, and then I, I wanted it to happen in the morning like it did with Raph because I had a good night's sleep. I woke up, labor started, and it was just, it was great. So actually the night before labor um, labor started, we set up the birth space, not even knowing if I was going to be in labor, but we set up, like set up the pool, put it in place. Um, and I kind of just, I don't know, like deep down, I just kind of knew that it was going to happen the next day. So. Yeah, I don't know. It was a really, I can't even explain it. It was just, yeah, just this knowing. Um, and my partner, John, also, he runs his own business. So he's like, this baby's going to come on on the Thursday because I know he, like he had the whole weekend off, the long weekend. Yeah. Um, and he's like, this baby's running off my energy. Yeah. So this baby <laughs> knows when I want him to come um, and he'll come on the Thursday. Um, so we literally set up the birth space, blew up the pool, had it in place, put the kids to bed. We went to bed and then, yeah, I woke up at like five o'clock in the morning and started having surges. Wow. Um, yeah. And it was just, it was really peaceful and really beautiful. Um, and it was like, I explain it as it was quite boring. Like it was just a normal day. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, it wasn't anything like it was it was it was something but it was nothing. If I think that's of- what's so beautiful about it though cuz I can relate that is that it's just so natural and flowing and like there's no yeah. like no like counting the contractions they're just it's it's just birth it's just yeah. that's what like the normalcy of it like I posted something on our page the other day of just my son like standing at the fire having like this orange juice in a wine glass and I'm like in full contraction in the background. It's just so just, just every day. Yeah. yeah. And I think that's what's yeah. so beautiful about it. It is um, so simple. And um, I invited my friends, Emily and Amelia, um, who were both birth keepers as well. 
Um, Emily was actually, I reckon, the person that kind of introduced me to the free birth world. I didn't really know much about it at all until I kind of met her and what she did. Um, so I'm forever grateful to her and she knows that. Um, mm-hmm. But yeah, I kind of, I, I told them to come, but they, they knew that I wanted to labor on my own. Like I always, I had visions of like myself, if no one was home and I went into labor, I would probably just birth my baby by myself. Um, but yeah, I invited them to come um, and my daughter stayed with me. My son was like holding my hand before he got picked up because he's a bit younger and he's a terror. So I wouldn't have been able to be in the zone with him running around destroying the house. How old was um, he? He's three. Yep. But he's like a typical, typical boy. Yeah. 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 Especially at that age too because my son's yeah. a typical, typical boy. So is Lucy's actually, but yeah. my son was like a bit older. So it was, I could never have done it. Like if he was younger, he would have popped the pool or something. Yeah. Um, (laughs) He actually did. I was in the pool. um, Like it was really intense. I was kind of like in that labor zone. Mm. Um, And I really, I really think he picked up on it because he just stood at the, at the side of the birth pool and he just held my hand Um, and he didn't let go and he just stood there. Um, and even when I had a surge and I kind of let go of his hand, he kind of grabbed my hand back and pulled it so he could hold on to my hand. Um, oh, I just love that. Because it's just, it's also like the mums and their sons too. Hey, like yeah. my son didn't leave my side the whole labour. Like and he was so intuitive and yeah. soft and um, like you want to drink mum and like yeah, that's so cute. It's, it's actually <laughs> cool like that like child, like birth and like labour in their moments how in like we're so intuitively connected to our children and they're so connected to us as well like we that's really underestimated because yeah Yeah. they really are yeah um yeah it was it was really nice um to just know that he was there like I couldn't give him that attention but I knew that he was there because he was holding my hand so um yeah that was really nice but he got picked up after that and then my labor was amazing. Like I enjoyed every second of it. I don't even, I wouldn't even explain it as painful. I don't think that it was painful. I could just like, I was so in my body um, and like welcoming it, welcoming, you know, the surges and like visualizing everything and, you know, being in tune with my breath and everything like that. Um, Labor was not, I don't think it was painful. Um, it was actually really nice and I loved it. Mm. Um, it was painful to, I guess, push him out, um, but I wouldn't explain the actual labour itself as hard or painful. It's more intense, isn't it? Like it's like there's some, there's this, there's a, it's like an intense sensation. Like the only time that I was like fully like in that hectic moment was at the end because it was just like, oh, like it's. Yeah. It's a bit discombobulating and like, oh, my God, am I going to survive this? But ultimately, like, you know, the 17 hours that I was in labour, it was beautiful. Like, yeah. take me back. Yeah. yeah. I was, um, I guess, fortunate. My labours are really quick. Um, it Raph's labour was so different. Like, it was, I did experience, it was painful. It was so intense. 
Like I, I did get to that point where I'm like, fucking why did I decide to have my baby at home with no, <laughs> with nothing? Um, I talked myself out of that, but I did go through that with Raph. With Louis, none of it. It was just, mm. yeah, just beautiful bliss. Um, I knew what was happening. I was so conscious. I didn't go through transition. Um I just kind of knew what was happening. I knew when it was ready, I was ready to push. Um, I knew where his head was. Like I just, um, yeah, there was no moments of panic um, at all until his head was coming out, I guess. There was a little bit there, but I guess that's just normal. It's pretty intense, that big stretch. (laughs) Yeah, and I didn't feel that with Raph. um, You know how some women feel numb when their baby starts crowning? Yeah. Um, I felt that with Raph. So I didn't know what that burning, stretching sensation felt like mm-hmm. until I was pushing Louis out. And yeah. um, even though Louis's head was much, much smaller than Raph's, um, the sack was still intact. Mm. Um, so a lot of pressure. Lots of pressure. And, um, yeah, that really, that that did hurt. But it's momentarily and before you know yeah. it, they're out. So And was he born in the sack? Yeah. Yeah. Oh it, my goodness. So yeah, special. he was born in the sack and then it kind of just um it broke yeah. when he was, As he was coming out. out. Yeah. Um and this was also the first birth where I actually caught my own baby and brought them up to my chest myself. Mm-hmm. Um so that was a really that was really, really nice to experience and just that yeah that pause and that silence afterwards like that relief um yeah god I love that feeling yeah (laughs) after 17 hours I'm sure you would have how long was this labor how long did you labor for um active labor maybe two and a half three hours yeah um rafts was two hours of active labor um, and the early labor was not that long either. So it was yeah, mm. quite quick, which I didn't want it to be quick because I wanted to experience it fully and be able to just, you know, how women are like, oh, I got in the shower and then I got to sit on the ball and then I yeah. got to change positions and I got to, yeah. you know, do massage. And I got, I like literally could only fit in a few things and yeah. that was it. I totally um, get that. My yeah. third birth was an hour and 40 minutes. Yeah, you got no and, time to do anything. And uh, like now there. I'm having my fourth baby and I'm like, oh, yeah. please yeah. be longer. Yeah. <laughs> I want to fully, like, this is the last one. So yeah. I want to be able to do all the things. Yeah, yeah, I get that, experience it. But also not too long. <laughs> not too long, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, that's very true. How many weeks are you? Um, 24. 24, oh, nice. Yeah. 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 Exciting. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so you pushed him out and you caught him and you brought him up and what time of day was this this was um mid-morning it was like 10 or 11 I think oh so you went into labor at five in the morning and then had him then yeah so I felt like the first kind of surge where I knew like oh this is not just like practice surge this is like a real one Mm -hmm. at probably five um, but they like it was one every like half an hour or something. Yeah, it kind of built up to probably yeah seven. I think seven seven thirty was when it was yeah intense. It was on yeah yeah. yeah. And, and then, then how was the birth of your placenta? How did that unfold? 
Um, I love the pool. I don't know how any anyone like doesn't labor and birth in a pool. Yeah. I don't Same. get it. Same. Um, yeah, I love being in the water. So I just I think I stayed in the bath for ages. Mm-hmm. Um and I birthed my placenta in the bath. Um my after pains were horrendous though. That was probably mm. the worst thing um, oh. for me. Like they yeah. are actually painful, I would say. Um, yeah. After but birth- pains, yeah. yeah. I remember thinking with the after pains, like what, what more do you want from me? <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, my placenta with Louis was quite big as well. So it was like they were even more intense and lasted longer. Oh. It must yeah. just be me because with Raph, they were so bad as well. And yeah. they lasted a couple of days. But with Louis, after Louis, they were so intense and lasted probably four days, four or five days. Um, God, it's so intense like, and so cool what yeah. we withstand. Hey, because yeah. then in the middle of that, we're breastfeeding and like healing. And then, oh, I just. I, uh, that comment has just taken me back because I remember just thinking, oh, my God, like yeah. I just, what? <laughs> yeah, yeah. But it's also so cool. It's painful, but it's like your body is so wise. Oh, it's so cool. Like yeah. strongly contracting down, especially after you've had a couple babies and like it needs a little bit more strength behind the yeah. contraction to yeah. stem that bleeding and to put everything back in place and that breastfeeding is helping that. And, yeah, again, I also think biology. Um, it kind of that's something that will force you to rest yeah and I think if we even in normal day when you're pregnant or not if you're not giving your body what it's asking for it will then force it upon you totally it will scream Um, at you slow down (laughs) yeah and I think that was kind of my body's way of making sure that I was not doing anything um, Mm. because you guys know like with kids you're always needing to do something so that kind of really just and I just lent into it I didn't want to do anything I didn't want to go anywhere I I think I just stayed home for at least like two weeks just in my lounge room didn't go anywhere um yeah so yeah just I guess the whole this whole journey has just led me to really be in tune with my body and really just respect, respect it and listen to it. Mm. Um, it changes and, you. Yeah. And be re- like fully embody being a woman and being, you know, in the feminine and just respecting that and holding that up to where it deserves to be, you know? I love that. Yeah. You just expand, don't you? Like I feel like since mm. having her my whole life, has changed so much yet so subtly yet not like and I feel yeah. just I just feel like a new woman like she's yeah. nearly one but I just I don't know the growth from when I was pregnant to now is like everything that I ever like wanted with being a woman like I just feel yes. I feel invincible to be honest and I yeah. feel like yeah. boom what I'm gonna and save again, the world that's, today that's yeah like how it's meant to be how it's designed to be like for every woman to be like boom I am a queen I'm amazing and then to go into mothering that baby on that high and with that trust in her ability and yeah I think all of us here on the same mission like we want all women to feel that 
Yeah, and I think, uh, like, unfortunately or fortunately, I don't think you can do that without what we've done in our pregnancy and our births. And that's what comes with turning away from the system and authority and fully 100% um, practicing and believing that you are that ultimate authority and you know best and you're the boss and feeling this way cannot come unless you do that. And it is really, really big work. Like it's not just about oh, saying, yeah. you know, dirt, 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 dirt. Like it is a huge unfolding. There's a lot. I, f- I found that there was a lot of inner child work and a lot of healing past traumas and my sexuality and my period mm. and my past connections with men. And there's there's so many layers to it for me to be able to, for, for me to get to a point to step into this and go I've had enough like yeah I've had enough of feeling like shit like I don't matter Mm. like I'm worthless like I'm invisible um like I'm like them insecurities I just I've had enough of this there has to be more yeah yeah um yeah that's what I really love about free birth and wild pregnancies Mm. and uh, unfortunately even when you hire a private midwife I just I don't think they have it in them because they can't. Like, no, they can't. They're still bound by that same system. Yeah, yeah. Mm. And I don't like, you know, talking ill of um, private midwives because I do think a lot of them have the best intentions. But totally. And whether they really understand that they're still being held back and whether they understand you can't really support women authentically because you have your registration. Mm. Um, yeah I don't know whether a lot of midwives can like acknowledge that Mm. or are ready to like again there's more layers to it what I learned um, is that I from being a hospital midwife to now where I am now it is a massive ego thing I don't know if it's the same with you Lucy but um, my ego ego (laughs) oh I like (laughs) every time you think about it, it just hits your ego a bit more and you really have to let go of it. And I understood a lot of what I was doing and how I was practicing as a midwife came from my ego. Um, And it didn't actually serve women. Like even what a lot of private midwives do with that fucking mirror under the woman looking when she's pushing, like Mm. that doesn't serve the woman that's serving you because I know I love watching when the head's coming. Like I want to see when there's a little bit of head, I want to see because that's exciting for me. It's so yeah. exciting watching a woman birth her baby. But yeah. that is that is for me. That's not for her. Like she can feel that. Yeah. She doesn't need me to look to know that she her baby's coming out. Mm. Um, yeah, there's so, a lot of ego in the birth space in all the different ways definitely that I've been so aware of since I've done my own work around it it came up a lot for me a year ago where it was like very uncomfortable but necessary work where I finally fully addressed my own ego that I was bringing into the birthplace and then it was like this veil was lifted and I was like wow I can see it everywhere now and it's really to the detriment of a woman fully stepping up yeah, and I it think can happen women, in the birth keeping world as well. Like one hundred percent. Even just 
being there is an intervention. Um, mm-hmm. And I think birth keepers acknowledge it a lot more. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think women need to understand this because a lot of women, they want that support of a birth keeper or a midwife, but um, I don't think they understand that, you, like, you don't need that. No, because what no. I do at births now from like what I've learned, even in the last year, um, providing doula support and supporting free birthing women is I try and say like the least amount that I can get away with saying while mm-hmm. still being there. So when the woman is like, when I know that she's bearing down because you can hear it and you can see it, I literally try and say the least. Like I just want to mm-hmm. be in the corner and sit down and like, I'm, I'm here, but I'm not here. So don't look at me. You know what you're doing. And kind of all I'll say to her if she looks at me is, you know exactly what you're doing. That's what yes. I was just about to say, that I think that the roles of doulas and birth keepers, we're just reflecting back what they already know. We're just there, like we're a soundboard. We're just mm. an energy to just yeah. go, hey, I'm just going to remind you again that you know. And yeah. sometimes we yeah. need that. Like that's we need all you, just, yeah. that's yeah. all you need is just to get it out. You don't like, yeah. if you want advice, ask for it. But ultimately, if somebody is to ask me, I'm like, yeah, but you almost, it's just the language that you use in reflecting it back to them and mirroring. I've noticed that's the huge, all we need. a huge difference just in my antenatal period, not having a care provider mm. and having nowhere else to turn to but myself yes. yeah. and how much I used to refer onto my care provider and lean on them and need to be mothered. And I would de, I would disempower myself. Yeah. And, and I, not and even I, know. Yeah. And I felt like I needed, I needed her. I needed external validation. And so this has been my intention moving into this pregnancy is that I want to completely take up all the space and I want to embody this whole experience and birth. And I want to feel so powerful when I birth my baby, because I never actually felt that way with my other three, like, because I, I felt like I was looking outwards, if that makes sense all the time and not looking inwards. And this last week I've had this huge, like little crisis of confidence come up for me and like Christy's like my birth keeper and Mm -hmm. she's done exactly that for me and like just I needed a held space to hear my own voice give me back it was actually hilarious not not hilarious it it wasn't hilarious you know know what you need to do Lucy and I was like she sent me an she sent me an audio like these I was actually smiling to myself she sent me this audio and she was like telling me all her you know, her fears and like what was concerning it, but then she was answering all of them as yes. well. Yeah, I'm I like, was just going to say that. you know what to do. Yeah. When people <laughs> message me, like, exactly what you said, exactly what you did, Lucy, you're like, you are you just needed that, yeah, space to talk it through, but you're yeah. actually answering your own question as you're doing it. Yeah. Um, and people would, would even message me in my, like randoms in my inbox and they would send me a message like, oh, they're saying, you know, someone's saying I need to do this and I don't really want to do it because blah, 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 blah. And I'm like, you just answered your own question. See you later. (laughs) Um, Yeah. yeah. So. Well, that's what I said to Lucy too. I'm like, like, 
I listen to Lucy give advice to people. I'm like, what the hell? Like, she's such a wise woman. I'm like, what advice would you give to yourself, like to your friends? If I came to you and I said that, what would you tell me? And I know that Lucy would be like, boom. Yeah. So I'm like, (laughs) it's just where that's why that soundboard. It is really a different feeling when you're you're in. But I mean, um, what I'm saying is, sorry, like in a free birth situation, when yeah. you're not under someone's care mm-hmm. and you kind of sometimes even in those moments where you're spiraling it's like well I've got nowhere else to go I just have to like level up and I have yeah. to like sort it out and it's and then and then you get yeah. together and you're like whoa like that's I actually power knew. in it that's I feel that's, so powerful yeah, yeah. so yeah. yes it's like another so layer of um even like how we like that's where that that inner child work can come into play as well where how when we were younger how we looked at the authorities in our life and like how it starts off with mm. our parents like our relationship with them and how they made us feel or how we felt and then how we viewed like teachers police officers um yeah. all them people in uniforms and how like we put them like on this pedestal of like they know more and we do we did grow up in a society where they do know more and then then it's scientists and like everyone knows better than mm. us so it is such an unraveling of like wait a minute I know what's best for me yeah um which is another layer of going into free birth because you've got to really trust yourself and be grounded in yourself and um not be swayed by just because someone's wearing a uniform and has a degree that and they know how, better than you because that's bullshit that's mm. how we're going to change the face of birth is like I think yeah you would relate Sarah like as midwives at one point we both were like we're gonna save women yeah, you know like and I'll, that I'll tell you what's that. happening and we're gonna oh, save yeah. the women or we're gonna <laughs> we're gonna make the system better for women and it's like actually mm. women can do that themselves yeah. and it's necessary that they do it for themselves 100 like, percent. yeah 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 that's the ego again like oh, yes I'm really actually not needed Um, not needed but wanted so that's also a really nice feeling is that you know when clients like I know that I don't need you to be there like whether you're there or not doesn't matter but I actually want your presence and your energy to ground the space and you know bring that calming energy into the room and just be witnessed yeah yeah that's right all your power and just yes. be like, wow, look what you did. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Celebrated. Yes. Um, yeah. Just yeah. fully, fully seen witness. That's right, Luce. I love when yeah. you always say that because it's like we all want to be seen. Yeah, that's very And true. it starts off. It really does start off young, like, which is what I, I am teaching my daughter and son right now. It's definitely a journey. Yeah. There she goes. Look at me. Look at me. <laughs> <laughs> got little primrose she's like she's like she's like how are you going to handle this mom like, how are you <laughs> yeah. going to handle my emotions now go on walk the talk yeah so i'll look we're um, only human yeah, i have my you. days if people want to find you sarah how can they connect in with you and what do you, what sort of things are you offering at the moment are you back at work um i am Um, I kind of got very excited at the end of last year and was like, yeah, I can support, you know, births now. So I took on clients and I tried to do like just one a month. Um, I got a little bit excited with April and booked three women. So 
but now I'm trying to just tell myself, just relax. You need to look after yourself. You still mm-hmm. got a baby. So I'm, I'm either looking at or supporting like a woman a month, maybe two, depending on the clients. Um, and then, you know, after a few months, I'm just going to, you know, focus on classes and then the next few months focus on clients and um, so on and so forth. Just, I'm, yeah. I'm just kind of not really advertising, but just kind of putting it out there in the universe and people will find me. In the right time. I'm meant to find me. Yes. How so, old is your baby now? He is just turned six months. So he's so oh. little. Yeah, it's um, it's hard to be away from him, especially because we we co sleep most of the time. Um, so yeah, he's the most attached baby that I've had. So that is a challenge so itself. Yeah. But you know, I'm looking at it like this is a learning experience. This is like he's he has come to me for a reason. This is something that I need to learn. So I'm just kind of going with it. Um, yeah. Yeah. And you've had that like free birth. So I can, I, I really can relate to you like getting back into it after six months because you feel like, come on, I can do all this. I can yeah. do anything. I'm yeah. ready. I know. You, but just... you need that reminder. You do. I was feeling really overwhelmed. Like I, yep. I can't not be with Louie and like co-sleep and breastfeed him at night but I really want to get back into my work and do that for me. And you need, mm. like, I needed that reminder. I felt really overwhelmed and anxious. And I'm like, no, 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 no. Something needs to change. You need to have your priorities now, which is Louie. And then, you know, take a step back from work. You can still do it, but not as much as you want at the moment. And yeah. then, you know, it'll always be there when yes. and I just when love I your, your Instagram page, to be honest. Same. Like, it's such a source amazing source of information Mm. for women to tap into so if you wanted to find Sarah she's um her handle is um the dot midwife mummy and you're based in Melbourne for future yeah future kind of workshops and what and offerings yes all those women are so lucky to have you down there thank you um yeah oh my goodness this morning has been the best most cup filling conversation thank you so much for carving out the time thank you um I really love Instagram because of this and I get to connect with so many like-minded women um it's just really shit that we're all always so there's distance between us I know um yeah because it would be so nice to like catch up and have these little like group sessions like in person but Um, we should yeah. like, I always have these grand plans of like making these like conferences or these big kind of, or a mama camp out or a. Yeah, we like said a, that last night. Yeah. We're like, we need a to like, retreat or like women's yes, retreat. Yes, yeah. where we can <laughs> all kind of come and gather. <laughs> yeah. Imagine the conversation. We'd be yeah. like, whoa. That would really be- like fill your cup for like months. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> That's going to be in the pipeline for sure. In the yeah. future, at some point, let's put that out there. Yeah, one hundred percent. I'm all for that. Definitely. Yeah. Is there anything that you'd like to leave women listening in with? Any, um, I don't know. Any last sort of words? Oh, put me on the spot now. Sorry. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, you um, did just fill us with a whole heap of totally. wisdom. Totally, no pressure. 
yeah I don't just everything I've said just yeah yeah yeah. my words yeah yeah these are my words (laughs) it's all Um, you got so much um, on your Instagram too like your energy really does show through on your Instagram hey like um, it's very strong I try and get educational posts they're all kind of like a lot of them are just I don't know my thought process and just but that is like words of empowering. Um, yeah, that is. People yeah. feel that. People, women feel. We feel like when you feel something and you can resonate. That's when you're like, mm. oh yes. And that's what I liked about your page. I don't even remember how I stumbled across it. Someone probably shared a, a birth video. To be honest, that was on there. Um, but I was like, I like this chick because of how raw and real you were, and that it wasn't just one of those generic birth information instagrams you know and yeah, that you um, do yeah. have a personal voice on there and that it's just so refreshing and so needed and um yes i'm so stoked that we could connect and have this conversation today for yeah. other women to listen into it's yeah, inspirational because a lot of people especially <laughs> women like um have trouble finding their voice and their truth and that's what we're all trying like a lot of people are trying to 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 gain like so when you they see women like you or you know us or the people in this realm when they're using their voice and they're not scared yeah um, that's like it's inspirational and they're like well she can do it that's giving me courage to do it she can be vulnerable she can be courageous she can be strong like because you you know most of the time where we see parts of ourselves and others Mm, and that's what you know the inspiration is well, that's, She's lost that's it. exactly. She's <laughs> that's exactly what I want. I want women to find yeah. their voice um, and to be confident and trusting in themselves. Um, but yeah, I guess you need to see that to be able to to know that you can do it. So, yes, yeah. incredible. Thank you so much for your time. Thank, Thank you, you very much. Thank You're you. amazing. Yeah, I guess um, we'll that was see. epic. Yeah, all the best for your pregnancy, Lucy. Oh, and no so doubt this will be such a powerful, like, eye-opening. It, it's just, like, I know how amazing it's going to be for you and I can't wait for you to experience that. Yeah. I'm so excited. Yeah. <laughs> Thank Hold you. on. To be yeah. continued. Yes. To be yeah. continued. All right. all right. Bye, beautiful. Thank See you. Thank Bye. you. Bye. Chat soon.